0: Hello! You're listening to the Hashtag Create Your Earth podcast with Janessa Staples. This is episode four, and today we're going to have a guest. Her name's Ava. She writes YA novels. YA stands for young adult. She also has a blog called Brimming. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss the process of writing, the process of writing a book, the process of submitting a book, the process of finding a literary agent. We also discuss being a mother, and talking about mental health that comes around being a mother and being a human all within itself. And we also discuss how to get past any mental resistance or self-doubt. Ava gives some great advice to writers, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So hello. Today we have Ava Deloria. Did I say that correct? (laughs) Deloria. Deloria on the podcast. She is a writer, she has a blog, she's written a book, so would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Ava,
1: and I am really excited to be here. Um, That's exactly right, I have a blog named Brimming, and I wrote a YA novel um, last year that I'm currently on submission for.
0: Yay, so what exactly does submission mean?
1: It means, um, so I went through the query process, and I got an agent through that process, and so now my agent is... Um, basically, it's passing the book around to editors. It's going through the query process again just with publishing houses now. So the the agents do that on your behalf to the publishers.
0: Okay. What was the process like finding an agent? It was hard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a long and arduous process. I was pretty lucky because for me it 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 didn't take too too long. For some people it can take forever, you know, it can it can it kind of is about timing more than anything I've learned. But it it was basically doing I did a bunch of research about how to write a query, a query letter is the letter that you submit to agents that explains your book, what the genre is, what the word count is and how what your book is basically about. And then if they, and then you also with that query letter send, depending on the agent, you know the first five pages or the first ten pages or the first chapter of the book. It just totally depends on the on the agent and what they would like to see. And based on the query letter and the um, pages that you send, they will let you know if they would like to see more. So they will request either a you know partial, which is like first fifty pages, or a full manuscript, which is the whole book. And from there, they will let you know if they would like to offer you representation or if they're going to pass.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So I had that going. I, I submitted to, I think, ultimately, it was about 27 agents. And then I got an offer in July. And I started in May.
0: Yay, that's so exciting. And that is such good information because I am writing a book and I was like looking at literary agents just online and I picked Mm -hmm. like four that I want to send to eventually. So now I'm like, okay, I'm probably gonna need a piccolo a lot more. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: really good. It's really good to do once you're through the writing of the book phase. That was that was a really nice thing to do with that interim time. So I had finished the book, I had done all my revisions, I had done all of the beta reads, you know, everybody giving me feedback and stuff. Included those in my final revisions and then I spent a lot of time researching agents and that was a really kind of fun thing and different use side of my brain, you know, to use. Wow. Well, letting the manuscript kind of sit and simmer making sure I was really done with it you know that whole thing so it's good it's good to have at least uh, for me I wanted to have at least 20 that I wanted to submit to and and that list ended up being huge I had like 100 I was ultimately going to you know (laughs) submit to or query if it came down to it
0: right wow so how was that finishing your book how did you like know that you were done oh my gosh that's a good question
1: I use Rainbow Rowell's answer. Do you know her as a writer? She um, she's like my icon. She's my my role model as a writer. She writes YA and adult fiction, and she says, "You know when you can't make it better anymore (laughs) without help." Okay. (laughs) And so for me, I got to the point where the the story read really smoothly from you know the beginning to the end. There, I didn't catch any plot holes. I didn't catch any issues, you know, and. I felt like it had rises and falls and I felt like I couldn't make it any stronger. I was like, I did it. I, this is as good as it's going to get.
0: <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah. I figured that's probably the feeling like just n- knowing you can't do anymore. that's exactly. what you know.
1: Exactly. You, and cause you, at that point you need feedback and, and for, in particular in the agent, um, in the querying process, agents say, get it as strong as you can get it. It does still doesn't have to be publishing ready necessarily because they can help you make it stronger and better. So in that um, in that process, I did get really helpful feedback from one agent who didn't ultimately end up offering to me, but she did offer a revise and resubmit, which means she gave me a bunch of feedback, questions about the characters, questions about some of the plot that she didn't understand or she didn't particularly like. I used that feedback to... Then, you know, really completely tear it apart and go back in over the over the month of June. That was what that was what got my manuscript publishing ready, because when I did sign with my agent, um, she was like, this is ready to go. (laughs) So I didn't have to do any major revisions once we were ready for submission because of that. So that was really helpful. That's why the feedback was so, so helpful.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what your book is about? Sure, that's a good idea. <laughs>
1: it's called Lights Up and it is a YA contemporary novel. It is about a girl named Paige Mendoza. She's 16 and she is it's basically a coming of age novel. So she's trying to figure out where she belongs in the context of her family, in the context of of her friends and the social structure of school and so she decides that or she discovers playwriting as a way of expressing herself. The novel starts off with her trying to convince her drama teacher to add playwriting to the spring showcase, which is like the big theater showcase at the end of the school year. And he's, um, and along the way, she gets help from a boy in her class who is super cute and very obnoxious and the two of them clash, but, you know, have like a really great friendship and, um, and along the way, there's a lot of, like, family strife and issues going on at home as her older sister has moved back home after being in college. And there's just – so there – so that's I – mean, I need to clearly work on my elevator pitch, but that's, like, generally what it's about.
0: Wow, that sounds really good. And it sounds very relatable. I hope so. I wrote it from a really – um
1: Like I went back into my 16-year-old brain when I was writing it, you know, like I felt like a moody teenager when I was writing it. So I, and that is something that I have gotten great feedback about is that it's a pretty relatable situation and character. And I think that's why YA is so interesting and great as an, as a genre, because so many people can relate because we all went through adolescence and it was all, and that's time in your life. You're always going to remember. So yeah, that's why I really enjoy that that genre.
0: That's amazing. And it's kind of nice. Like writing allows you pretty much to time travel into the past, which is so nice and so like therapeutic.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the thing I had tried to write novels before this one. I think the reason this one took was because it was the novel of like my heart, you know, it was like going back into that time. It was a pretty tumultuous time for me. I think it is for every teenager really. (laughs) But, um, and such, I was able to kind of write, it's, it's based on my life, it's informed by my life, but it's not like what happened in my life, you know what I mean? So it was, it was super cathartic, because I was able to fictionalize a lot of those big feelings where you feel like you don't belong, but from the also with the knowledge and wisdom of, you know, being 35. <laughs> so, and being able to look back and being like, Oh, honey, you're gonna figure it out, you know,
0: right, exactly. So, I found you on Instagram and I read your blog, Brimming Right. And is it Brimming Right Anyway? Or just Um, Brimming. It's Brimming. Yeah. Brimmingblog.com. Okay. I love it. It's awesome. Um, I want to talk about your blog post 2009 to 2019 from wishing to working. That is really inspirational. And I love how you turned it into a timeline, but then you like you express like where you're at and how life was like looking at your life. It was really great, but like how you felt wasn't great. And then you started writing and do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, thank you so much,
1: first of all. And it back in 2009, I was really not sure where I was going to go in my life, but I had made a lot of actions like I was sure. So I was in graduate school for to get my masters in social work which i ended up doing and loving on the one hand i was engaged i got married in 2010 to my husband who my love of my life you know all of these wonderful wonderful things were going on but inside there was just this restlessness i had a a real feeling of disconnect with my true purpose and i was struggling so much even though What I was doing was, you know, on the outside looked really great, and it was really great in some senses. (laughs) But in terms of my my true passion and my true path in life, it it wasn't it wasn't right. It took a lot of time for me to figure out and get to. Oh my god, I'm supposed to be writing, and that was. And the reason I wrote the blog post was because there's so many. I feel like along this journey, I've met so many people who are wishing they could they could write wishing they could get to you know some point of getting you know to the querying process or getting to basically where i am and 10 years ago there was i didn't even know i wanted to be where i am now you know and so i really wanted to show that a journey can this writer's journey is really winding and complicated and and i and when i also reflected back on it myself i was just like oh my gosh i can't believe i got here and i especially because I remember when I left the social work profession after burning out from a really intense job, I, um, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I really want to write, but I don't know how to do it, you know? And I remember my husband at the time being like, yeah, but it'll probably take you several years. Like you're not going to start out at, I can write a publishable novel, you know? And I didn't, you know, I, I really struggled to figure out how to write and figure out, what it meant. And I just started really, really slow. And it did take about six, seven years to get to where I am now, which is super far from where I was and still really far from where I want to be ultimately, too. So it was just kind of an exploration of that whole journey.
0: Yeah, I loved reading it because I could resonate with it so much. And I love how you talk about you those internal self-doubt feelings and thoughts that you had at first of like why I don't like all those what ifs like I don't know how to write and what if people think I'm an idiot what if I am an idiot I loved that and that's (laughs) exactly how I felt I just figured out and like the end of 2018 like I've always written I remember being young and writing like a whole almost like a whole book of just like my life And then I kind of, like, dropped it, and then I loved to do poems, and then I kind of just stopped for years, and then I was in college, and I was not happy, but I was just doing it because it was something I felt like I had to do, and, you know, I was feeling the same way, and then I started writing, and I felt that spark inside, and I was like, I have to do this, but then I was like, what is everyone going to think? Like, people, what if they don't support me? I've changed my mind so many times because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and, yeah, so I can definitely resonate with all those feelings and self-doubt thoughts, but then you just push through and look where mm-hmm. you're at now. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I, I completely relate to that. Exactly. It, it was exactly how it felt for me too, where I was, you know, I had jumped in on this very specific path of becoming a therapist and, you know, I wanted to do it in this way and, I had been in the field and working in the field since college, like it was a whole a whole field that I abandoned, and so it was a really big ego hit, too, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm starting all the way over again, and that's the part of it that made me feel so afraid that people were going to judge me or that I, yeah, like that I was an idiot for trying to pursue a, a really challenging career that is extremely difficult to break into, uh, that publishing industry is notoriously difficult to break into, especially without any a network or connections or anything. Right. So it seemed so silly in on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it was like, but if I don't try, that's way worse. <laughs> you know, that's what it ultimately got to for me was, OK, people might judge me. OK, this might be a really hard left turn because I just spent all this time and all this money getting this degree and being in this field, which I still feel very passionately about, but it wasn't my full life's calling. So it didn't quite align with, with who I am anymore. And it, thankfully, I had my mom as a model for changing a career path along the way. She was a lawyer for many years, and then she ultimately became a chaplain. And that was, you know, an example to me, like, oh, you really can change your career path. One career definitely informs the other. You're never going to regret having gotten this degree. It's just a matter of a life being long. And what are you going to do with the education you have, the information you have? I think my social work education definitely informs my writing and the experiences I had with the adolescents and children that I did work with absolutely informs my writing in terms of writing for the YA audience and and thus it's like I couldn't have put it together that way at the time but when I look back you know it's always easier in retrospect to see oh all of these little steps are leading me down this path and I had to try or else I would have imploded
0: (laughs) yeah you know exactly it all all those steps brought you to where you're at now though which Mm -hmm. is nice Mm -hmm. yeah so you have two little kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you just had a baby recently in September, right? Yeah, in October. In October.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have a four-year-old, four and a half-year-old, um, and a
0: three-month-old. Oh, that's exciting! I have a four and a half-year-old.
1: Oh wow!
0: Great. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're intense. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) They are very intense. (laughs) So, how is being a mom and a writer like? What's your daily routine like? Well, it's gone pretty off the
1: rails with this second one, I have to say. I got into a really great groove with my older son um, when he started going to preschool because it was like, finally, I had concerted time dedicated to writing while he was in school. So he only went three days a week for four hours. So I got so good at buckling down in that time. I would drop him off. I I would walk to a coffee shop near his school. I would write for three and a half hours, and then I'd walk and go pick him up. And so I did that three times a week. And then on the weekends, I would write for a full weekend day, um, like eight to nine hours on a Saturday or Sunday, depending on what worked for my husband um, to be with, with our older son. And, you know, they would go do a whole daddy day and to give me that time to write and work. So that's what it took. And when I started doing that and in treating, treating um, my writing like a job, basically, it was like my part time job. Um, I made so much progress, so much progress on my book. And now with the second one, I can't do that. I can't be, especially because he's still so little. But when my son's at school, I'm now taking care of a baby, you know, so I haven't quite gotten into a groove that really works for me where I can see progress when I've been able to write blog posts. It's like after they're both in bed, or when my littler one is taking a nap, but you know he's still so little that his naps are really short. So it's just like I haven't found a good groove um, yet, and it's a real challenge, I think, for for mom writers to find the time and yeah, energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and energy, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel that definitely. Yeah, it's a big challenge, and I think
1: I try to get to the point in my thinking where I'm like, well, most writers also have jobs. They also have full-time jobs or part-time jobs. Very few are, you know, able to just fund their lives with just writing. So on days that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I have these two children and I'm exhausted and I don't want to write. I'm like, but most people feel that way. So find some time, find some energy, just find a minute, you know, because mom being a mom is my job. You know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So... That's I just treat it like a job as well. And in my mind, if I think about it that way, then I think, okay, where can I fit my part time job in with the ultimate goal of hopefully, you know, my writing being a full time job someday.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing. It's a very exciting and great goal. Yeah. So you also do blog posts about um, being a mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I saw you were published on other blogs, and you've written things about being a mom. Mm-hmm. And I saw you post you ha- you were a part of someone's blog. Did you write that part about um? So you on I think it was Hello Giggles mm-hmm. about postpartum depression. Did you write that? I did. Or did they write that? Okay, you wrote that. They wrote the the article. I wrote my
1: piece. My 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 um, I contributed to it.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Thank I really like that. That was very vulnerable and I can say I definitely relate to that. It seems like everything you write, I can really relate to and other people I'm sure relate to as well. Um it was Thank great you. reading about, yeah, you're welcome. It was great reading about postpartum depression because I definitely had it and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of other moms have it. And it's really rough. And I was just wondering, did you have it the second time around when you had your second baby? Or thankfully, no. Thankfully, no.
1: right now, I am, I, because I did so much work and I did that whole postpartum depression series on my blog last year. And I really dug into what it was, what it felt like, because at the time, with my first, I didn't realize I had it. I thought I had no experience to compare it to. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is what it's like to have a baby. I thought it was just only hard and only isolating and, and so, so depleting. I didn't, I didn't realize that that's part of it you know you're you're tired you're sleep deprived it's 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 difficult but they're all it shouldn't be only those things you know and it was because I was depressed and and this time around so because I had done all of that excavating and writing about it and writing is my therapy writing is my processing you know I I was able to be really concerted this time around with my support system my sisters my mom my husband being like, these are the symptoms we're looking for. These are the signs we're looking for this time around. You know, if, if any of us see them happening, we need to, like, we need to take action because I do not want to go through that again. And everybody's been so supportive and amazing about it, of course. And any time I've started to, to feel like a dip happening or I'm just having a really hard time, I get reminded by, you know, my sisters and my husband, you know, you're really tired sleep and like I'll take the baby for this amount of time so you can sleep and in particular in my post the first eight weeks when my husband was home for paternity leave he um he took most of the night hits because we know that if I get too sleep deprived that leads to depression for me so he was like so we were really proactive I guess is what I'm trying to say this time around to really prevent postpartum depression from from seeping in and because having a community, having that support system, and then having my blog and being able to write about it, all really gave me the foundation to feel like I was supported and I could prevent it if possible, you know?
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I had the same kind of experience. I didn't realize that I was having a postpartum depression. Mm. I was just... Didn't want to leave the bedroom, but I was like, oh, well, I'm just tired. Like I have a newborn and he was always breastfeeding. So I was like, why don't I just like lay in bed? And it wasn't a big deal until people started pointing it out. Like you're not getting out of bed and I didn't want to go back to work. And then when I went back to work, I just couldn't focus. And eventually, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of left a lot of things that had to change in my life and it took a while for me to get through it. But I, yeah, at the same time I didn't realize I had it until people started pointing it out. And I just thought it was, Oh, this, this is how it's going to be when you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. And it's, that's, what's so helpful about having a, having friends reflect that back to you or a support system being like, this isn't like you, this isn't normal. Are you okay? You know, so that you can look back at yourself and be like, Oh my God, this is not okay. I remember the first time I really realized it was in my, um, I just went for like a checkup cause I have a, I have to get blood work done every six months for a thyroid issue that I have. And in that checkup, she was like, so how are you doing? And I just burst into tears and I was like, Oh my God, really not well, but I didn't realize it until that moment, you know? And, and then it was from there looking, okay, what is going on? How can I change this? And also for me, and I don't think a lot of first time moms necessarily know this the breastfeeding hormones really, really messed with me and my mental health. They just affected me in a way that I had, in addition to all these other factors, it's not the only factor at all, but that was like kind of the final thing. Because when I stopped breastfeeding, my son was finally when I felt like myself again. So that's, and that's not the case this time around, but I think it's because I was so much more proactive in all the other ways to, to uphold, you know, keep myself, um, healthy. So but that was another factor for sure.
0: I never thought about that, but that is a really good point because breastfeeding really does have a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. when it comes to hormones. Like when they're nursing, like you have all those chemicals, all not chemicals, all those hormones like released and you feel great. And then you have like that come down after once they're fed. I never thought about it that way. But I mm-hmm. yeah, I breastfed for a really long time and that probably – could have been a factor. Yeah, yeah.
1: I breastfed till he was two. and it was like the next month once I weaned, I was like, oh my God, I feel like myself. This is so crazy. I mean, as a in addition to that with that lined up it with the timing of also when I started my blog and also when I started writing my book. So it was like all those things mixed into one um, made a huge difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. And also, it's so nice to have your body back, too. Oh, amen. I know this time
1: around, I'm like, ooh, I have a repetitive stress injury in my rib, my first rib and shoulder from holding and nursing, and it's coming back because I'm doing it again. (laughs)
0: Like, oh my God. It's so
1: brutal on your body.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, I'm glad it's going better this time around, though, how you you feel mentally. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that you would advise writers that are writing a book that are starting off writing or are just trying to figure it out and like they are having that self-doubt thoughts, any advice for writers? Oh,
1: sure. I mean, for myself, it was honestly what I said earlier too, which is once, if you are able to treat it with the respect and the time that it merits, so treating it like a job, you will... Absolutely, make progress. That's just what I've experienced in my own life, and it it took the it took scaffolding with my husband around. It took a complete commitment from him as well. I was like, it was either like, we are we believe in me and this is going to happen, or we don't. So if you do, then I need you to buy all the way in and take over. You know, childcare when you're here. That meant that we didn't see each other very much. That those two years I was writing the book. Uh, That means that we were always trading off. Um, a lot of childcare between us. But in the end, it meant that I finished and I made all of this progress. And so I think if you're just starting out, really treating it seriously and writing as often as possible and reading as much as possible, because the the more you read, the better your writing is. And the more, for me anyway, the bigger the fire I get to write too. Because I'm like, oh, this is such a gorgeous story. I want to write like this. And so it just motivates me. So those are probably, that would be
0: my advice. Oh, I love it. And you're working on this. Are you working on a second book of Lights Up? Yes, slowly yes. but surely.
1: Um, I have I have a couple different ideas. One is a companion novel to Lights Up. Um and I haven't dug too deeply into that one. I want to see if how submission goes first, kind of. Um, and the other one is a um, a story about a, a rock group, a kid, like a YA rock group. So <laughs> we'll see. I haven't had a ton of time to work on it, which I'm dying to because it's my brain is like on fire at night, you know, because I'm I'm desperate to write. Yeah. So hopefully
0: I'll get some time to do that soon. Yay. That's exciting. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, those are great questions. Thank you so much. How did you come to writing? You said that you found it through, you just felt like
0: you needed to in 2018. Well, I was in college and well, first of all, I changed my degree like a million times. I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be a nutritionist. I wanted to be a massage therapist, you name it. I wanted to be it at one point, a therapist at one point, like everything. Mm-hmm, and then finally mm-hmm. I was like, I have to stop changing my degree. Like I just couldn't figure out what my purpose was. I couldn't figure out like what was going to make me feel feel good doing that kind, some kind of work for a long period of time. I was unhappy mm-hmm. with everything. But I was like, I have to stick with something. So I started going to University of Southern Maine and – I like the classes for health science degree. So I was like, I'm going to stick with it. I like the classes. And then as I was taking the classes, um, some topics came up that I like started questioning. And then I just one night I was like almost falling asleep. And then my brain was like, you need to write about this. And I was Mm. up until like three in the morning writing. And it just felt so good. And it literally felt like a literal light was lit inside of me. And then I just couldn't stop. Since then, like I've just been writing and I've been posting my things online. And, and then I started to slowly tell people like what I'm doing with my life. It was kind of scary because people were like, "Oh, what do you?" Because it's always the question, "What are you going to do when you graduate?" "What are you going to do when mm-hmm. you graduate?" And I was like, kind of scared. And then I was like, "I'm going to write a book." <laughs> like, yes. I And I started writing a book, and then I was nervous telling my friends and stuff, and my friends were like, oh, that's awesome, like, good response. But I was Mm -hmm. just – not that I thought they would have a bad response. It was just scary on my part, like, sharing that because I had changed my mind so many times, and I was nervous that people were going to doubt me and be like, oh, well, what is she going to do in another three months, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, so since then I've been writing, and my last semester of college I only had one class I needed to to take, and it was anatomy and physiology, which is – It was interesting, but it wasn't anything that I wanted to do. I wanted to do writing classes. Mm -hmm. So I took a featured story class, which was really cool. And I took a screenwriting class, which I fell in love with writing, um, screenwriting. Have you ever tried screenwriting?
1: No, I would love to. That is so cool.
0: Yeah, you should definitely try it or take some kind of course or something or even just do research on how to do it. It is so much fun. And I'm a nonfiction writer. I don't like I my brain doesn't work in the way of fiction, I guess. I mean, maybe it could if I tried harder. But for me, like I like to do research. And I like to write about things that are based off of studies. And I like to learn about health and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to screenwriting, I feel like I can find that fictional part of myself. And I really love the dialogue. I love doing dialogue. And Mm -hmm. I can like picture the movie in my head. And it is amazing. It's so much fun. I love it.
1: That sounds so fun. That's my favorite part of writing fiction at all is writing the dialogue. That was part of my problem with Lights Up when I wrote it for the my first draft. It was 150,000 words and a YA novel is more like 80,000. So it was so, so bloated with dialogue because I just love writing dialogue so much. So I do feel like screenwriting would be really fun someday.
0: Yeah, you would probably really enjoy it if you like doing dialogue, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, how exciting. That's really cool. So you're working on a nonfiction book right now?
0: Yes, it's kind of like a self-help book, but it's based off of my experiences. It's basically based off of the things I know now that I wish I knew before adulthood, like Mm. the connections um, between uh, people and their hormones and like relationship stuff. I really am into neurology and all that kind of stuff, and then um, adding some mental health stuff in there, relationship stuff, yeah, Um, all kinds of, like, it's, I'm only, like, four chapters in, I haven't really worked on it in a long time, it's been, like, six months that I have not worked on it, which I am kind of kicking myself a little, because I just graduated in December, so I was like, I'm going to work on my book, Oh, and now I'm, like, getting so distracted, though, like, I haven't been working on it, so I need to, what you said, is schedule time, and Mm I need to make like one day and just go to the coffee shop and just work for like eight hours. Cause that works for me, you know, yeah. a Full eight hours. I can't just do like an hour here, hour there. So I'm the same way. Yeah. So once I start read, like once I open up the document, start reading it, I get like, so because I get so into it and then I don't mm-hmm. want to stop. So I just need to do it. And it feels so good too. It's like, why have I been, it's not even that I'm avoiding it, but in a way I get like scared, I get scared of writing it and I get scared of finishing it. Like, that's why I asked you at the beginning, like, how did you know you were done? Cause I'm like, what if I don't know? What if I don't yeah. know that I'm done? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's an intuition for sure. And I completely relate to that feeling of it being you know kind of scared to open the document and write it and dive in because you kind of don't know what's going to come you don't know if it's good you don't know if it's super terrible you know i think that that's that's been my experience with every writing project i've ever had until it starts to get that feeling of like oh here we go We're, we've built momentum and that's why it took me 2 years to write lights up because i would take breaks like that i would take months in between i hated revising so much editing it was so hard and and I would go back to it and be like, okay, it's time. It is time to get back into the meat and guts of this thing. And each time it would be a joy. And so I think it's it's like getting over that mental hurdle of this is going to be hard or I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a plan. And just seeing what comes of the session, of the writing session, you know, each time. And I love that your book sounds like a, a, an integration of all of your interests. You know, you wanted to go to college for this and that and the other, and now you're like, integrating all of them into one book, because that's your
0: experience and your interest. And that's the beauty of writing. Yes, I love it. And this is what happens, though. I want to write, sit down and write and put new stuff in there. But I always get caught up in revising. Like I've Mm. read my first chapter like 50 times. And I'm like, I'm going to finish the first chapter today. And then it just never happens. They never finish it. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I'm like, okay, I need to start writing other sections of the book. And if I don't finish one chapter, that's fine. I just have to get some. And I also do like half, I do half things. Like I have like three chapters, like three quarters are halfway done. Mm -hmm. So it's just all those bits and pieces. And that's just how my brain works, I guess. So totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. However you can get it on the page, you know, that's how I feel. It's like, if you get a little bit here, I mean, sometimes I would write, I don't know, like something happens here because I would need to move on to the next chapter. And I hadn't figured out how to end the chapter before, but I was getting so stuck and it was taking all of my writing time obsessing about how to end it and being like, you know what? It's time to move on. We'll go back. I'll go back to that in my next pass or whatever. And, 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 it's, and the, I think when you sit down and you start writing up on a project consistently, you start to learn those habits of yourself, right? So you're like, Okay, I in when I write, I write three quarters of the chapter each time, and then when I'm finished the book, I'll go back and I'll you know fill up each chapter with more information and more. I'll finish each one or whatever, and I think that that's the most important thing about doing it consistently is then you learn your process Mm -hmm. and what makes sense for you. So then you're kinder to yourself, you know once when you don't finish something or you use the word, I mean, I use the same like six words over and over and over. <laughs> like you're using that word again, Ava, but you got to go, I'll change it. I know I'll change it when
0: I go back through, you know? Absolutely. And I am at that point now where I get frustrated with myself. And then I realize, you know, like, this is just how you are. You have to, once you accept yourself and accept that this is how you are, this is how you work, then you can work around it and you can like schedule your time in that kind of way and just be fine with it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And for me, it always helps that like every writer struggles with this too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. with with finding out their process, with being disciplined, with procrastinating, with sitting down and figuring out where they want to start, where they want to end. I I think it's, I think it was a Judy Bloom quote that I'm going to paraphrase, which is nobody wants to be a writer, but writers are writers because they need to be. Because the job itself is really, really hard. <laughs> you have to really be, you have to need to, to do it. Because otherwise, who would? Who would choose this job? It's
0: so hard. It is, yeah. <laughs> and I'm really finding that out. I just um, applied for a freelance writing job. And the first, it's like a trial error kind of blog. Like he's having me do one one post just to see if he likes my writing and everything. And it's a really cool topic. It's like the research behind gratitude and its benefits. And I'm really learning a lot, but it's like a lot of information. It's only supposed to be a thousand words, but it's so much that I have to read and then organize it in my head and then write it down. And then I had need a certain amount of hours and I haven't had that many hours to do it once. And I'm like, wow, this is, like, this is what I love, but this is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe that. And it's,
1: that sounds really complex, too, because you're integrating information and trying to make it readable in a blog post. Woof,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's fun, now. See, I like to learn. So that's, mm-hmm. like, that's why I love nonfiction so much. So I like to learn it. And then I get so excited when I read something, and I just want to share it with the world. But I mm-hmm. realize, like, not every person wants to hear the things that you're excited about. So I post it in online or in a, my book or whatever. So they have the option of reading it on their own and, mm-hmm. you know, getting that information when they want it instead yeah. of needing like, did you know this or that to them? And they're just <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. So how can people contact you?
1: Um, oh, if they would that's like to. Great. Yeah. On Instagram. Um, that's probably where I'm the most active on Instagram and my blog. So my, um, Instagram is Ava Deslar books. That's me cutting my last name in half because it's so long. (laughs) Um, and, and on my, on my blog, brimmingblog.com.
0: There's a contact page. Yeah. Okay. Can you spell your Instagram? Oh yeah.
1: It's E V A D E S L A U R books. B O O K S. Awesome.
0: All righty. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm so excited that you were on. It was so nice to talk to another writer.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is my first ever podcast and I love it. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm
0: so glad to have you on it then. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Thank you so much for listening to the fourth episode of the hashtag Create your Earth Live podcast. If you could give me a review, that would be wonderful. Reviews are really helpful so that other people can find my podcast and they also allow me to evolve and they help podcasts evolve. If you have any questions or would like to talk, please feel free to contact me on Instagram. My Instagram name is evolving period writer period Janessa J-E-N-A-S-A Until next time.